Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, no dropping dimes, part two. Here we go. Folks, for those of you who are not licensees and haven't been following the uh, ongoing saga of us producing video, uh, video for the Effective Manager Conference, a product associated with that, will be coming out shortly. Uh, the video is in the can. Uh, it is everything that you would do at a conference um, online so you don't have to travel at a lower price and it's complete multimedia video audio show notes a year's worth of support an excellent opportunity for those of you who can't make it to a conference or are tight on budget okay mark so let's continue with our uh, with our series on no dropping of dimes so don't drop dimes <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, clear yeah, from the title right and um, we're going to talk about giving a courtesy heads up or advance notice with time to address. Yeah, before we start, I gotta say this. I, I, at the end, when we got done recording the first part and we realized we were going long because we felt so motivated to talk about this in detail. Passionate, I said, if you will. Yeah, I said, we should pro I should probably apologize to everybody for going so long. And you said, no, no, we don't have to. So I know some of you don't like two-part shows. I'm sorry, if I could magically figure out how to get every managerial topic down in 20 minutes, I would. Or actually, I could, it just wouldn't be very helpful. So we, we think actionable and helpful is a good thing. So, uh, so my apologies, um, but we're enjoying this. And as Mike said to me before we started recording, uh, nobody else talks about this stuff in detail, down in the nitty gritty. Uh, and 20 years from now, we're gonna have a library that's gonna be priceless. And we want every manager in the world to know this stuff. Uh, okay, courtesy heads up. Really, this is what the cast is about. Because I, well, that, that's not true. Not, we don't want you to drop dimes. But once we define dropping dimes as not including a heads up, uh, we know that some of you are going to want to try to embarrass people. And we wish you wouldn't, but we've done it and you'll do it. We know that. But the, the, the way to handle it is to be assertive with your communication in advance. So the positive guidance here is not that you can never embarrass anybody because there are gonna be times when that does happen, or if they're smart, they're embarrassed. If you've, if you've told them five times, I need this, you've asked, you've cajoled, and so on, and they still aren't doing it, and you've told them, and I, I really feel I have to announce it, I can't be misleading to people that you're red on this. No one should take what we're saying to mean we don't hold people accountable, we absolutely right. do. And even, even peers and bosses. Yeah. yeah, we don't wanna dime somebody, but we sure as heck know that people are gonna miss people whom we don't have power over, right? So the solution is to communicate in advance. Now, there's actually two parts here. One is the standard status communications. Just, you know, hey, look, I want you to know where you are. This is, this is the report, you should look at it. And a lot of people won't read your reports and there are times when if you send a report and you think it's enough, if, if there's a touchy area, it's probably not enough just to share a report with everybody before it's publicized. Our friend Erica Samuels told me recently that she actually created an over-communication model uh, when she was in a matrix situation based in part on our guidance uh, in the Managing in a Matrix cast. And matrices aren't the only places this happens, but they tend to have the kinds of situations where people don't have power are much more multiplied in, in, in matrix situations. So look, you've got to learn to communicate status every chance we get. We have to over-communicate, as Erica would say. You communicate status so often that everyone gets sick of it. 
Okay. Now you might say, well, that's not good. I want to find the right balance because I don't want people to get so sick of it. They don't look at my stuff. No, you actually want the reputation because nobody looks at this stuff. You want the reputation of, I'm the guy who's constantly updating status all the time. And if you say you don't know status, it's not because you aren't being deluged with the information. It's being presented right to you. Okay. Now, that said, we're talking about communicating status. Right. So you just put it up on the website and you're good to go, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, I don't know where we got the crack smoking idea that because there's a website and you put something up there that that is communication. Guys, communication is what the listener does. If I shout in a forest and there's nobody there, there's no sound. Nobody heard me. There's no communication. If I talk French to a guy from California, he's not going to understand me. And so the idea that you put something on a website and that's communication, no, that's uttering. That's emitting information, but that doesn't mean anybody got it. And if they didn't get it, you didn't communicate it. Uh, a website is not communication. It's an electronic document. Creating an electronic document, you might as well be typing in a Word document on your own desktop uh, and not share it in the cloud. If I have to do something to learn something that you want me to know, then that something is not being communicated to me. You expecting me to go look is not communication. It's defensibility when you do it. That's what people do. They say, well, I that's put right. it up there. Yeah, right. I, I want defensibility. I want I want plausible deniability. Yeah, it's, it, that's what that communication, well, yeah. you just said it's not communication, but that's what that's all about, right? It's defensibility, not communication. Yeah, it's, it's CYA, which is, look, we're not interested in CYA. We're interested in effectiveness. And yeah, if you've done everything you possibly can to be effective, then this cast, in a way, is about CYA in the sense that you're not going to do something that would embarrass you or cause a row or whatever. But look, an active status page that you update and you feel proud of means nothing. You have to email it to everyone. And, and usually not just a link, unless you're talking about a gigantic spreadsheet or something like that. And I got to tell you, if all you're doing is emailing links and you wonder why people don't know status, it's because they're not opening it. And if you're then going to elevate a status discussion to what amounts to potentially being accused of dropping a dime, you better be sure you over-communicate that and say at the bottom of the link, by the way, Joe, you're read on this and it's going to come out in the meeting. You know, you don't have to say, by the way, at this point, you don't have to say, I've told you four times. All that comes across as this is your fault, Joe. But Joe knows he's responsible. So you say, Hey, just want to let you know, you're read on this, and, and it's going to get briefed at the meeting, okay? And, and by the way, just an email, probably not enough. Ideally, and I know this, do, this doesn't work at scale, but what you would do is notify each person of their specific deliverables and their status. Too many managers essentially give rise to the dime-dropping problem by being overwhelmed by the amount of communications and then telling themselves, well, the internet, side, the internet side ought to be enough, and it isn't. Now, look, if you're just mailing the spreadsheet as a copy, that's probably okay on a weekly basis. Okay, and by the way, you don't ever want to, you don't ever want to update status less than weekly because then you're saying, I know you're not going to get to this for a couple of weeks. That's bad, bad plan. That's okay for, for mailing status, but that's not okay if you're going to report that failure yeah, that, that, in some exactly. kind of meeting, right? Yeah. yeah, that's my point. We're not, we're not saying that every single day of your project management or cross-organizational life uh, should be over-communicated about everything, although that wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. 
we're talking about, you can't simply say, I send it out every week, so therefore you ought to know. If you're going to reveal a fail, you better proactively communicate that specific fail in advance appropriately. And what we mean by that is communication in advance of a fail is different than normal status communications. In order to eliminate the chance for you being accused of a dime drop or, or the other person just acting in high dudgeon saying, can't believe that you would accuse me of such a thing. I'm always on top of all of my deliverables. Uh, you're crazy. Smoke and crack again. Look, in order for you to not be accused of that, the recipient has to know both A, that they have not met the responsibility, and B, you intend to communicate that publicly. Okay? Just telling them you're red is not enough. Just telling them, hey, it might come out of the meeting is really almost not enough. There'd be nothing wrong with saying, look, I don't want to report you as red. If there's any way you can meet the deadline, please do so. But I'm not doing my job if I'm not truthful about status. It would be totally okay to say that. And, and some of you say, well, I wouldn't want to do that because that um, implies that I don't have a lot of power. Dude, you've already proved you don't have a lot of power. They're not doing what you want, to do, want them to do. <laughs> I mean, you, you, apparently you don't have the role power because if you have the role power, you use it. Apparently you're not an expert, expert because they ain't saying, yeah, you're smart. I'll do it for you. And then apparently your relationship power isn't all that good because you've asked them two or three times and they haven't done it. Yeah. So when people say, well, I'm worried that this comes across as I don't have any power. Look, you're the project manager. You have enough power. And if you try to enhance the perception of your power, you are going to be perceived as puffing your chest out and you'll get that balloon popped. If, however, you stick to your knitting, you do the basic blocking and tackling, boy, there's a couple of metaphors for you, you communicate in advance, you over-communicate about status, and then when there's a potential for public fail acknowledgement, specifically over-communicate so the person knows you're in a mess or you're missing, and I'm going to have to communicate this out loud. So, so let me give you three examples. It might sound like this. Hey, Rob, the deadline for the tech specs was last week. Without the deliverable, you're red, and I can't avoid saying so in the meeting. And by the way, some of you might think that's a little soft, and it might be, but I'm going to give them a chance. I'm essentially saying, hey, you could become green, and then I, don't, then I could avoid saying so. And if they don't do it, I've told them I can't avoid saying so. So therefore, by definition, if they don't do it, I will, do, I will say so. Or you could say, Sarah, we missed a deadline for vendor selection. Now notice, I said we. I'm trying to be generous here. Sarah knows it's hers, assuming you're managing your project reasonably well, and, and therefore everybody knows who's responsible for what, because who does what by when really matters. Uh, and then you would say, what can you do to get us to green before the meeting? Otherwise, I have to report red. I'd appreciate that heads up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike makes a good point. He'd appreciate that heads up. If you don't give the heads up, and they would have appreciated it, that's when you get accused of dropping a dime. That's right. That's the problem. So, another example. John, can you give me your word it'll be done by the meeting? If you do get it done, I'll report it that way. Now, i tell you what, I learned a lesson on this one. An old boss of mine, who was pretty good, um, said, hey, what you do, Marcus, say, hey, can you give me your word it'll be done by the meeting? And somebody would say, yeah. And they perceived that what that meant was, if they gave me their word now, I wouldn't report it as red at the meeting. 
And by the way, no, I, use, no, no. I use red. Oh, no, 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 do, 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 do. Trust me, that's what people did. Yeah. And, and yeah, of course, by definition, logically, the logical fallacy of that is they have to decide, my word is worth nothing, <laughs> right? Other than to get me out of being in trouble in front of other people. And shame and embarrassment are hugely powerful motivational issues. We'll talk about that later. So, so what I say is, if you do get it done, I'll report it that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I've run into uh, project managers and program managers who, in circumstance where something was due Friday, right, and the next Tuesday is the executive meeting, and that if the person delivered it by, say, Monday evening, they would still report it as red mm-hmm. because they missed their Friday deliverable. And, I, you know, that's, I don't know, what, yeah. do you, what do you think about that? I, I think that's going too far. Somebody did it on Monday. It was due Friday and the meeting's on Tuesday. I'm going to give them credit for getting it done. Maybe not on Friday, but I'll say I won't report it as red. Yeah, I, I wouldn't report it as green on Friday if they said they're going to have it to me on Monday. But then well, probably what I would do, depending upon the relationship I have with the person, if I knew, once I knew that, let's say they did it on Saturday as an example. If they miss on Friday, it's red. Look, you, you, don't, you don't have a choice there, really. It's red. Now, you could leave it gray if you want and tell somebody, I forgot to update it. But in that case, what you're doing is degrading the perception of the value right. of, of the document. But it's red on Friday. My question is, is it red on Tuesday? That's right, exactly. Well, I'm getting there. The answer is no. To answer your question, no, it's not red on Tuesday. There are some people who believe it is because it was red on Friday. Um, and they have a case to make. The problem is the case is purely logical, and it doesn't include the human factor, which, you know, sometimes humans matter in organizations, um, and it can be a relationship killer. But yeah, if you reported that red on Monday and the, or Tuesday, the guy said, I gave it to you Monday, and you stood up there and said, well, it was red on Friday, so technically it's always red. Yeah, um, yeah no. But... Um, I also say, dude, that we need to be sensitive. Organizations have cultures around reporting. And for many people who are listening right now, they're saying to themselves, yeah, that's not the way we do it here. And I would say we recommend you find a balance between that's not the way we do it here and how bad is our organization messed up on this stuff? Because everywhere I go, people say, yeah, the reason our projects finish on time and on budget is because we change the scope. Right. <laughs> That's what everybody does. Even in a culture like that, you could say, hey, it was red, but John's team buckled down over the weekend yeah. and did what was necessary to get done, and I'm now happy to report that they're complete on that task. Even yeah. if you have to, to acknowledge that it was red on Friday, there's ways to mitigate yeah. that. If somebody said, hey, I, I thought this thing was red on Friday, how did it change? Well, actually, thanks for pointing that out. I mentioned it to John, and John's team John apologized and said, we'll get on it, and I, don't, I want it to be green. And so we met the new de- We agreed on a new deadline. It's not on the critical path, and so it's green now. And now you've tipped your cap to the guy who, yeah, he knows he was late. You've essentially tipped your cap to the guy who was late, but, but who did some Herculean work in order to get it back on track. And you've done something legitimate and reasonable and professional, and you've salvaged a relationship, or at least you haven't burned the relationship at the stake. So, yeah, so in each of those cases, you're saying that the fail can be revealed unless addressed. Yeah, And if they exactly. address it, you take care of it. So, yeah. and you mentioned relationships a number, yeah. a number of times, <laughs> and that's what this is all about, right? Relationships matter, and frankly, the higher you go, the more they matter. So yeah. start thinking about that now. <laughs> yeah, we've covered what not to do, 
and, and what to do and how. If you drop a dime on somebody, it's likely they're never going to forget it. It might fade in terms of its sting, but every single interaction with them will be a reminder in some fashion, hey, you screwed me. I'm looking for ways to pay you back with interest. And, and dropping dimes is a battle won, but it's probably going to end up with you losing the war. Or even if you don't lose the war, if that's the last interaction with them, you, can, you know you can't ask them for anything. And you start creating people in an organization who you can't ask for things. That's not good. That's not good. That happened to me because I was right and I was stupid. Yeah. Um, so don't do don't do what I did. Yeah, we all need favors every once in a while. <laughs> That's one person yeah. who's probably not going to give you one. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure we all need favors like all the time. Not just every once in a while, but all the time, right? Yeah. So look, guys, if as you progress in your career, relationships play an increasingly larger role in your success. Early on in your career, relationships don't matter much. Your success is based on your individual results. But in the beginning, right from day one, relationships grow as the big lever, as the thing that really will help you get stuff done. And, and the, it grows faster than results. We're not saying results are unimportant, but at some point, the nature of your role as a director or VP or whatever, your results are all accomplished through relationships. Yeah, I don't know of any CEOs that actually even in software companies that code, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't do much, right? But they decide a lot, and they persuade, and their persuasion is based on relationships. Uh, and they persuade other people to take actions based on their decisions. Their jobs are all relationships, right? I, I'm amazed at people, and I did this, and I, you know, this is stupid of me to say, but I admit it. When I was 22, I looked up and go, yeah, I hate what they do up there. And then I realized, again, that's why the, why the horseman quote of, you know, when you look up at the, at the top of your organization, what you see, what you call politics, those senior people call collaboration, right? And it's all relating to one another. The reason some folks who get good results in their career plateau is their lack of ability to leverage relationships. Now, there are exceptions. And if you're a technical person, you can point out the guy who's a flipping genius. And you're like, yeah, he didn't, nobody likes working with him, but they pay him a lot and he gets to do whatever he wants. Yeah, okay. So guess what? We're assuming that the majority, just the bare majority of people who are listening here today, aren't geniuses, like freakishly geniuses. Yeah, I wish I was that smart, but I'm not. Yeah, like Andrew Bechtelsheim or somebody like that, like, gee, you know, oof, or Nathan Mirvold or Bill Gates or who, you know, freakishly crazy. But you're not, and don't feel bad, neither are we. It's okay, this is a, this is a podcast for regular people. So if you can't re leverage relationships, then all you can do is get stuff done by yourself, right? But the higher reaches of your organization require relationships. And you may not like that, but it's the nature of the beast. It's true. <laughs> so rule number nine, embrace reality. Look, guys, if you drop dimes under the justification that what you're saying is true, because it will be, hey, you didn't deliver, your career will be as powerful as your relationships, which is to say not powerful at all because you'll be burning your relationships on the altar of truth. It is not enough to be truthful in a social organization. You must be useful, and to that extent, you must also therefore be persuasive, okay? The young manager who always goes the extra mile and gives an appropriate heads up may take some heat for project status, but is gonna build trust with other people, right? You don't have to cover for other people, but you do have to help them cover for themselves if you wanna build great relationships. Yeah, and you know, talking more about relationships, I mean, 
if there is a relationship killer, embarrassing somebody has got to be one of the worst, right? I mean, if you want to kill a relationship, yeah. that's the way to do it. Apart from calling their mother names or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, I, I tell you, I almost change it to shame. Um, shame, shame is an incredible, I read a book, I want to say about 10, 15 years ago, about shame, about the incredible emotional, social, societal, historical issues associated with shame. Um, you know, the, the classic literature example is the Scarlet Letter. If you embarrass your colleagues, if you shame your colleagues in public um, by dropping a dime, it is the quickest way to kill that relationship I can think of. It's just a bad idea. Look, guys, public embarrassment is poison. In general, I mean, in general, embarrassment and shame are dangerous to use, right? Embarrassment derives from fear. All emotions derive from one of the two core emotions, fear and love. Embarrassment comes from fear. And, and there's already plenty of fear in the workplace. If people start to fear you and you don't have power over them, they're going to start to hate you. Fear of loss of status, which is essentially what happens with the embarrassment of a, of a public miss, if you will, in the organizational world where, where status and power are linked so closely. It's, it's like having a dream where you get demoted or fired in front of all your coworkers. I mean, it's like one of those naked dreams or whatever that psychologists have field days with, I'm sure. Something else, too, guys. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Oh, yeah. It's not forgotten. Right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> no way. Typically, dropping a dime is so ultra that it will not be forgotten. And often, the reason someone hasn't done what they're supposed to have done is they believe they have more power than you. Look, if they believe they had less, your efforts to go to get them to comply might have had some effect. So they're going to get you back with the fact that they have more power. And it'll be worse than whatever value you think you got from the diming. Right. And you might not see it coming. And you may never know it. Oh, yeah. Even worse. The really good ones are the ones that you don't know it, but suddenly you can't get anything done. Which is funny because you're going to have burned a bridge and they're going to be plotting revenge simply because they missed a deadline. Look, no offense, but if that were the problem, if everybody died who missed a deadline, you know, it'd be a pretty empty world. So there's revenge coming, trust me. And look, the drama is going to pass in this situation, but the sting won't, right? Whatever you get out of the revelation, and it's going to be less than you think it is, it'll be net less negative to the recipient than their efforts will be against you. And look, guys, as well, there can be a public backlash. It's assumed that you notify the target. Even if, in fact, the people who are in the room don't do it themselves, it's assumed that you notify the target when you reveal a miss or a fail. When they protest, when the other person protests, even though they have not a leg to stand on, and their tone is aggrieved, some people in the audience will assume that you didn't notify them because shame and embarrassment are so powerful. They're going to take the side of the person who's being shamed because they identify with that and they know what that's like. Yeah, and if you're working for a good boss, it's likely that she's going to be banging up on you too in your next one-on-one. -on -one. Exactly, yeah. So even when you told them, if you don't handle it well, there could be a backlash against you publicly, not just from the person, right? If the audience is already slightly allied with the other person, the use of the tactic of dropping a dime will be seen as worse than their miss. That's how Absolutely. bad it is. And yeah. that means damage is going to be done to you. You won't just be damaging relationship with the target. You could be damaging multiple relationships. So dudes, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. That, that's, that's, this is a don't do it cast. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. We, did give you, we did give you an alternative. Yeah, you, you can hold people accountable and you don't have to drop dimes, right? Yep. So.
Exactly. Yep. Okay, so wrapping up. Guys, don't drop a dime. Always give a courtesy heads up, an advance notice, and give them time to address, okay? You can't come to the day before and say, I'm, I'm going to announce unless you fix it, if it's going to take a week to fix, okay? And more communication is better. I read that somewhere on, the, on a website somewhere. I heard somebody say that. I- yeah. And guys, I'll tell you what. It's all about relationships here. And you're creating relationship foundations early in your career, and you're trading on them later in the career, in your career. Uh, the higher you get up, even though you have more power, the more re- more relationships matter, and the more the sting and embarrassment and shame of a dime dropping uh, will do damage. And look, embarrassment is bad. Look, we know, guys, you're going to be tempted. We've been too. We've been tempted. And at least I have succumbed. Mike's pretty good, so he probably didn't. But whatever, don't, we're recommending don't do it. If you've done it recently and you didn't realize that this wasn't done, right, go and apologize immediately and grovel a little bit. Even if you did it accidentally, right? Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, innocently, yeah. And look, guys, saving someone from embarrassment can be a big plus in a relationship, okay? We didn't say that because we wanted you to know how bad it is to shame somebody. But you being aggressive, assertive, aggressive regarding your communications proactively in advance just to protect them because you have an obligation to be truthful with the organization and your reporting, you going the extra mile, they're going to see that as a plus. And if they then miss, you will still be given the plus and the problem will be theirs. If you don't communicate effectively, then you're bound up in their miss with them. And that's not good. And, and causing someone to be embarrassed is just relationship suicide. And I, as I've said probably 100 times in the cast, folks, smile at people on your way up because you'll see those same people on your way back down. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah. Hey, dude, thanks. This, was, uh, this is a Hall of Famer. You outdid yourself on this one. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right, man. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.